I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So, Audrey, I'm so glad to be on air tonight. I can't wait to kick off tonight's show because, you know, I was just finishing reading our last issue of TEQ News Magazine. And I always put the issue to bed. Usually the last thing that goes into the magazine is your presence. <laughs> he has to dig it because he knows he's waiting to close the magazine until I give him. I'm like, Audrey, where's piece. your piece? I need to put it in the magazine. He does really clever things. Like he puts bold inserts in my calendar. I do. Like at noon, yep. must be done. Must be done, yeah. I'll, like, I'll text Audrey in the weekend. I'll be like, hey, Audrey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I, got, I had an uh, idea for your next president. I'm laying man. on the couch. Yeah. I'm just chilling. <laughs> Who are you? Exactly. I'm off no. duty. No, I love it. No, you. We always, we always get your piece just in the nick of time. And this particular time, I was kind of pumped about the piece that you wrote. And I think it's, I really want you to be able to talk about this a little bit, because I think our listeners will get a lot of value out of this. I mean, you set up the whole thing. I mean, Pittsburgh is making some really great moves in its tech sector, but we're really missing the mark when it comes to getting more women in leadership positions. In the tech industry, we've, we're seeing more of it in nonprofit areas and other parts of business, but well miss, uh, you know, not, you know, fully represented in the tech sector. So tell me, what what's going on? What's going on? Uh, you know... But there's so many ways to sort of slice this, and there's no easy, there's no easy sort of remedy. I don't think. Right. I think what's really important is that when you have the sort of the technology and the innovation companies that are building, we have to look at where does that pipeline come from, where were those people educated, or what are they passionate about, and is it in any of the sciences? Is it in, te- you know, quote unquote traditional technology? And you start to say to yourself, where is that pipeline and how is that reflected? Right. So the one piece that concerns me is that there's not enough women um, as well as, you know, people who are, quote unquote, underrepresented that are building companies. So I question, well, what? where's the access? What's the problem? Is it education? Is it influence? Is it kicking enough people, pulling people forward? Is it that we just don't even know that people have ideas in their heads? Right, right, right. Okay. So, you know, that, there's one dimension. And, you know, hats off to Carnegie Mellon for making sure that their computer science program has half women. That's and, a big um, deal, half too. half men. Yep. And, you know, they've making bold steps to try to transform that. And, you know, we'll, we'll reap the benefits of that in four years. But, you know what? Women have been going to college and graduating from college more than half the population who graduates and who stay in school are women. But then it drops off when it comes to participation in the workforce and participation in even leading companies or moving up through big organizations. So then you take Pittsburgh that doesn't have a lot of mid-tier companies these days. We have the big multinationals that are doing incredible work, lift the region, put us on the map. But we also have these small small nascent companies. And what we're starting to see is most women who are starting companies aren't necessarily in tech per se. And they're really trying to build different kinds of companies. So 
that's not bad. That's wonderful. That gives people a lot of, you know, opportunity to try new things. And tech, you know, in and of itself might not be the only solution in terms of driving, you know, the new economy. But what troubles me is that, and by the way, two weeks ago, there was a report that said Pittsburgh has a high percentage compared to the national of women on boards. Really? And so, yes, I thought that was interesting. A few points up. And so my hat's off to all those companies. Now, we still have some companies that are quite large in their enterprises that have no one other than men and even all Caucasian men that are on the boards. But put that aside, there have been market differences in terms of board representation. So that's exciting. That's good news. And what's really exciting is that it's more than one woman on a board. Usually when you start to get the ball rolling, the doors are starting to open and we're seeing more yeah, of that. So that's definitely. very exciting. Definitely. But if you look at the, the evolution of uh, our the last 35 years, as we're, we've been looking at that at the Tech Council, you see that the pipeline hasn't been that strong in terms of women building companies at all. Yeah. At all in tech. I, every time we look through the magazine and say we want to cover you know, some companies, we want to make sure that there's – where are the women starting some companies? And we always have a hard time digging them up. Well, we, we tend to go yeah. to a lot of our tried and true, and there are right. some incredible women we, that have, we have built a core companies, women, and we know who they are. We yep. try to highlight them. We try to make sure that we can throw them work, and we can try to you know surround them with uh, exactly. access to what they need, and we're very intentional on that. Outside that core, it's, it's, it's harder and harder to But outside that people. core, yeah. we're still not seeing that kind of proliferation. Exactly. So, I mean, the point of this is that it's 2018. We have a whole kind of movement that's that's happening across our society in the U.S. about people who think differently, people who want to make you know deep changes. We're looking at what does it mean to have a company that has social impact and try to understand what does flexibility look like in the workplace and how do people work. And what we find is that women tend to want and need a lot of flexibility and accommodation, not because they're not willing to work and do amazing things, but because we live full lives of very complex responsibilities, we've not been accommodated over over time. And I'm not asking for like a fair shake. Listen, you know me. Oh, for I sure. work no, no, 24-7, have yeah. raised a kid, have been married and divorced, and I'm not asking for any kind of medal. But what I am saying is, is that there's a new way that the expectations of how people engage and the work that they do and the impact that they have, that women lead the way very often in terms of mm-hmm. of demanding that, understanding that. And I think we have an interesting opportunity, particularly here in Pittsburgh, because we're smaller. We're a place where people can build things. It's easy to get access to some of the supports that you need. But there shouldn't be any reason today that the only proliferation of women that we see in our region at executive levels are ones who are in nonprofits. Exactly. And that yeah. is the trend that we do see in Pittsburgh, and that's probably mimicked around the U.S. as well. Yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah, other areas are our size like that. There's more representation of women in, the nonprofits. in nonprofits. And right. maybe because it's so specific and mission-driven and the clarity of those roles is very um, – distinct. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's leadership on these boards that know the importance of making sure that they're representing more than half the population. And maybe there's a lot more innovation and risk tolerance in that in that space. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's just the fact that um, you, you actually can have a lot of influence 
by being in those kinds of settings rather than in some of these other settings where you're building capability. Very cool. I mean, I yeah. have a lot of hypothesis on this, Jonathan. I don't have all the answers. I certainly have been well, around long enough to I, know. I think it's important that we're just talking about it and just kind of just throwing it out there to get people thinking because if you make it part of our consciousness, people start acting on it and actually getting outside of what the normal you know, way of doing business has been. So. Yeah. So okay. many conversations requires everybody. And I guess it's one of those things that's not going to be solved overnight. I keep thinking it's just this whole the way culture has expected women to you know, integrate into the workplace and how that's now changing. But it's going to take a long time for that to catch up. So people can well, realize we have to be aggressive you know, and, and we have, have to be aggressive and, and, and we have to, to be inclusive. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So and I, I, I always go back to this. I just don't want any mind going to waste. I think everyone there's so many opportunities to have brilliant minds building companies and growing things and doing fantastic work. I don't want anyone you know, not having that opportunity. That's how I look at it. So it takes all of yep. us. It, it takes, takes all of us exactly to do right. this kind of work. Exactly right. So and and you know, running a nonprofit or doing the kinds of things that many of us do, no matter what the status is of that nonprofit, is it is just as grueling work as it is in working in a corporation. Absolutely, hundred percent. So I'm glad we're having these conversations. I want more of them here on Tech Vibe Radio tonight's show, Audrey. We've got a great group of guests stopping by tonight. We have Sparkbox coming by. Ah. Yes. We also have Phase 4 Learning. They're working with Best Buy to uh, really help get kids like excited about education. I know. And that's sort of cool. That's I think it's really a lot cool. of fun. I know. And I have my special podcast that I did with the NCFTA, the National Cyber Forensics Training Alliance, talking about the latest trends in cybersecurity. We're actually going to do like a little ongoing little podcast series you can download from pghtech.org. We're going to be talking about all types of cybersecurity issues over the summer. So look for more content on pghtech.org and pghtechfuse.com. Lots of fun stuff going on, Audrey. I cannot wait to get our our gear in top gear, should I say, get our show in top gear tonight. So anyhow, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Rousseau. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you're spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. It is time well spent as we talk to the greatest people in Pittsburgh's tech sector here. Even when they come from Ohio, we like them coming in and talking to us about what's going on because they often have some Pittsburgh presence going on. So we have Sparkbox with us, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Hey, guys. How are you? (laughs) All right. Doing real well. Thanks for having us. Great. No, we're happy. So let's talk about what uh, you're up to, where where you come from, why you're here. How much fun you're having. <laughs> yeah, introduce ourselves, introduce yourselves to our listeners. So, Leah, who, right. Ben, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah, my name is Ben Callahan. I am the president of Sparkbox and one of the founders. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Ohio is kind of where I live, but we opened an office up here. So, we we're glad you come, did. Love coming into Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I'm Rob Har, I'm vice president at Sparkbox, also one of the founders. Um, we're from lovely Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Um, where Sparkbox HQ still is, but. Well, University of Dayton's doing some really interesting things in entrepreneurship. They really are. Um, mm-hmm. we've had the... They've got quite a nice setting over there, and they're doing some really interesting things. We actually hosted them not that long ago, That's maybe a year cool. ago. Nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're president, and they wanted to know what was happening here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So cool. tell us about Sparkbox. What is Sparkbox? Sparkbox is 41 um, brilliant people. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, and that's really kind of how we think about it is it's about the people we have. 
uh, designers, developers, UX researchers, project managers, content strategists, all the folks that are needed to build yeah. great products with web technologies. So gotcha. um, we're really a custom software shop, mm -hmm. um, but we do a lot of things with a lot of big organizations and a lot of things with some smaller ones. Um, so we do. What, what kind of problems? So like if people mm -hmm. are listening, why might they reach out to you? What kind of problems are they yeah. having or when, trying to solve? When anybody asks like what we do, we typically say, we like to work on interesting problems with good people using web technology. So it can be anything from funded startups to giant e-commerce solutions to you know, corporations that maybe are more medium-sized and don't have their own web development oh, team. Okay. Gotcha, right, right. And mm -hmm. everything in between. And so what about mobile? I mean, what's happening in the mobile world in terms of the demand? Uh, there's a ton, obviously. You know, everybody's browsing on their phones. I just saw the other day that... Uh, the new version of Apple's Watch OS is going to support WebKit. So I know, I saw that. You're going to see some websites on your tiny, tiny screens. I know, I saw that. <laughs> well, the screen's a little bit bigger yeah. than my Fitbit. But right, yeah. That's right, that's right. But um, mobile, I mean, you know. What does that do to the glasses industry? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Those, right? I think they're, thinking, they're in cahoots. They're in cahoots. That's good. I really think that, that there's yeah. some pattern going on there. Yeah. So, so, yeah, those so mobile. kinds of solutions, and people are actually creating transactions off of that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you They're know, purchasing. back in the day, I remember people saying there's no, but, no way anybody would buy something on their phone. Uh, people spend, I mean, you can, my wife and I shop on our phones all the time. You know, Amazon, yeah. something simple. Amazon, like I yeah. do a lot. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? See it, click, boom, done. Right. So um, all the solutions these days, especially around e-commerce, if you're going to build something for a native app, a native solution, like you know, native to the right. Apple operating system or Android or one of those, a lot of those you can actually build with web technologies now. Um, so mm. you get the you get the benefit of serving all of that content to people uh, via the website, but then also with some slight modifications, you can serve it in a more customized and native its own application. Yeah. So in app, China, yeah. this has been going on a really long time. People mm. have been purchasing off of their mobile devices for a long time. It's taken a while for us in the United States, but now it seems like it's just like a you know a hockey stick. Are you seeing that? Oh yeah, and I think that's because you know. For, it took a little longer to catch up here because we had to relearn our paradigm. You know, you go to China or even where, you know, most of banking it takes place on mobile phones in Africa because that's all they've ever known, and that's the technology they have in their hand. But no, now that's a good point. Yeah, so the good point right, is right. that we, we're sort of stuck in some linear process where other people leapfrog us yep. because they've got the tools. Yeah, and it's, you know, all they've ever known. They're they're digital they, native like if you've ever seen a two-year-old with an ipad mm -hmm. like as long as it works intuitively and they can swipe and scream they do really really well with it mm -hmm. they can buy as, things as soon as you, <laughs> yeah, as soon as you their put parents a button know it or in not. front of them <laughs> they can buy things like they have to stop and think like oh why is why is this interface getting in the way of me interacting yeah. with the content i've actually heard it's actually interfering with some children's actual development with motor skills like they don't learn mm -hmm. some of the Things that children normally learn, like with really? moving and grabbing and grasping objects yeah, that are can, nearby. Instead, yeah. they can point. Yeah, they can swipe and pinch <laughs> swipe. and squeeze. But yeah, so it's it's just it's that's just interesting. Crazy. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. So, what brought Sparkbox to Pittsburgh? I was really pumped to yeah, know that you guys what about yeah. that? you have a really cool operation going on in Dayton, and you're right. bringing some of that to Pittsburgh, which we think yeah. is freaking awesome. There are some. I mean, there are some brilliant folks in this town. So, 
you know, in Dayton, we, you know, we've ha- we we sort of started there. We've grown there, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it's a smaller town, okay. um, and you know, there's a lot happening here in the tech scene. And I think for us, it's oh, never. So you thought you'd just move right in? We, well, we thought we would come <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, try to like build a build an organization here. You know, we want to we want to get so, to know the community. There is a strong tech community here. We have a, we've right. had for a long time many friends from the industry that are based here right. um, and we've always heard them talking about the great stuff that's mm-hmm. happening. So when we came and visited, actually I think we came over and spoke at a, a refresh, one of the, um, mm-hmm. one of the meetups, local tech meetups. Right. Um, and we made some connections with some just really great folks and um, we hired one of those. And then uh, when, when, <laughs> when we announced that we were hiring uh, folks saw that we had somebody in Pittsburgh. And so we started getting all these applications from the Pittsburgh tech folks. And we were like, this could make a lot of sense, you know. So, um, so when are you moving here? When are we moving here? Yeah, <laughs> oh, you on. have to talk to my wife about that. <laughs> we've already been talking to her, and she's pretty much she's yeah. on board. Yeah, she's, she's on, board. on board. All right, just yeah. so you know, we've been News working. News to me. Oh, then don't you've worry. not contacted my wife yet. I'm not sure of that. Well, she's next. She's yeah. next. Yeah, she's good, next. Good luck. <laughs> All right, we actually have a lot of family in Dayton. We love, you know, we love that this part of the country where it's just people are hard workers. Mm-hmm. They put their heads down, but they also have a life outside of their jobs. You know, mm-hmm. and um, we try to we've tried to build a place where that's kind of what we're. We need the first part of the hyperloop to connect from Pittsburgh right. to Dayton. Hey, and you I'm could be here like in like a minute. How far is Dayton from Columbus? We get we get oh it's from Columbus. It's only an hour and ten minutes. Okay, so, yeah. Because yeah. the hyperloop will go right. Yeah, that sounds think, great. They need a little spur. Let's go right up into uh, yeah. Dayton. Yeah. Or do a curve and a bend to it or something. There you go. No, that's okay. You're gonna have to drive. Okay. <laughs> you can't make it so easy. I want these, them to have the hyperloop for crying are, out loud. So what has what um, is your typical client, even though you've talked about like a d- you know, diversity of funded yeah. startups to mid-sized companies? But what if what have you found at least in Pittsburgh? That's been your typical client. Is there yeah. any so kind we, of persona? Yeah, so we haven't really come here because of there's a client or something here. Um, so we it's really for us our customers are a lot. A lot of our customers are based out on the coast. Um, the 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 ability for organizations to keep a team like ours running. In a space ah. in San Francisco is is just no so way. expensive. No, it's so, not worth it. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a lot of movement towards you know cities like Pittsburgh where there's a great tech scene already starting to kind of be built um, to start to build teams. So we work with big organizations out there in retail. Um, we work with our local utility. Um, we've done a lot of work in that space, but we've also done a lot of work like Rob mentioned, just helping a company get a product built. Um, oh, okay. So exactly, mm-hmm. we've got organizations that we we've completely rebuilt. So their do you products. want people in Pittsburgh to know you're here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right yeah. there in downtown Pittsburgh, in, in, in the industrious, yeah. in industrious, space. in a yeah. beautiful space. I was gonna yeah. say, right? It, it really beautiful is. Beautiful views. It's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. we got the chance to tour it before it was even open. It was still mm-hmm. drywall and okay. concrete floors. You and knew all it was that. gonna be cool. And oh, yeah. just walking into that space and seeing the yeah. views, it was it was like this is a no brainer for us to have a turnkey solution here where we didn't have to have. An office manager worry yeah. about how to get the internet connectivity. That's great. Hats off in. to industrious. Exactly. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So we've got about a minute or so left. Okay. Anything else we should know about Sparkbox? And where can we go to learn more about Sparkbox? I would say, you know, one of our co- kind of the core things that we focus on is education. So we run a lot of workshops. Um, we're talking about the idea of bringing some um, some pretty well known speakers. Uh, we do that in our office in Dayton. We're talking about maybe bringing some of those folks to Pittsburgh great. just to try and really help develop the community. And, awesome. Um, that's that's one of the things we yeah. love to do. And your website? Seasparkbox.com. Seasparkbox.com. And yeah. it's a really nice website. Thank you. Nice you guys, to man. see you.
Awesome stuff. And we're glad you're in Pittsburgh. So are we. Keep building (laughs) business here. We love it. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council and its 35 years helping Pittsburgh's tech sector by going to pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you are spending your night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. Every single Friday night, we bring you the best and brightest of what's making Pittsburgh tick. And uh, I tell you what, cybersecurity is no joke. It freaks me out. It keeps me up at night. It should keep everybody up at night because it's all—it's our—it's one of our biggest vulnerabilities, really. At the end of the day, whether you click on something, whether you fall for something, it can not just hold your personal stuff into uh, some sort of craziness, but also businesses. It can take down whole things. Like, a, and I'm really excited because we have the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance. With us today, Steve Mancini, who leads it up here in Pittsburgh. We always call it the NCFTA for short. That's our, our acronym for it. And they're actually neighbors with the Pittsburgh Technology Council right upstairs from us. And these folks do some, I mean, just crazy work for keeping us safe and really just spreading the word out as so everyone can keep themselves safe. Because it is a wild, weird, wicked, nasty world out there. And I'm sure Steve is going to say it's worse than you would ever think. And what we're going to be doing, actually, what I'm really pumped up about is we're going to make this a regular uh, installment because this is such important stuff. And the landscape keeps changing so quickly that we're actually going to have a podcast. We're going to hope to like maybe every six weeks or so pop out a new interview with Steve or someone else from the uh, from the NCFTA to talk about the latest trends that are going on with cybersecurity. We want to arm you with knowledge so you can be prepared and, and ready for, for what's out there next. So, Steve, thanks for hanging out with us. Not a problem. Glad to be here. Quickly, tell us about your background and then give us a quick elevator pitch for the NCFTA, and then we're going to jump into all the crazy stuff that's going on Perfect. out there. No, good stuff. Um, just a little background about me. Sure. I am the uh, Chief Technical Officer at the uh, National Cyber Forensics Training Alliance. Uh, I've been here for about uh, five years. I am a Pittsburgh native. Very proud of that. Came back to Pittsburgh to lead this up. You know, it's funny because they all say you all come back. I remember leaving at a (laughs) a young age of 17 to go off to the Navy, and 20 years later, here I am again. Awesome, man. But good news, the potholes that I left behind are still here. (laughs) They're here. (laughs) They're not going anywhere. They're filling up the water. It's getting bigger. It's all good. (laughs) Great little fishing ponds. Um, So, again, I'm the CTO and the uh, Director of Strategic Operations at the uh, National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance. Um, A little about NCFTA. We are a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. Again, we're located here in Pittsburgh. Um, We're headquartered out of Pittsburgh. We do have uh, two kind of field offices in uh, New York and L.A. And we've been around since 2002. And and what we've done that's really made us unique is that we've created what we like to call Cyber Switzerland. It's a neutral kind of collaborative environment for law enforcement and industry and different entities that would not normally collaborate or share information. What we've done is we've said, we're going to be kind of that Cyber Switzerland. Come to us. Bring your information to us. We'll connect the dots. And then we can do this kind of in an unclassified, trusted environment and then push out kind of the, the, the larger picture. So when you have these one-off incidents that people say, well, I don't know where to go to, or, or you know, I go to, the, I go to law enforcement, I go to the government, right, right, and they right. can't help me because it's not big enough. Or, you know, we just never seen this before, and we think it's unique. It's like, no, it's not. This has been going on everywhere, and um, you're not unique. Sorry, you're not, you know, you're not the only victim, which this is like, happens all the time. That's right. And so what we do is we take, we take these different pieces of information, we, we build out a, a kind of cyber threat landscape. And um, it's everything from 
the technical aspect of the of the the, the cyber crime or the cyber I'll call it cyber badness right. to just good old fashioned crime that's a good old fashioned crime. crime. It never goes away. Crime ain't what it used to be, right? There's still a prince out there who has you know twenty million dollars in euros that he's just waiting for me to send my twelve hundred dollar deposit to get him out of jail. Get him out of jail. But so those things exist, and those are those cyber enabled crimes. Right. And so we're dealing with all of that because I think. What we're in position to do, because of this information sharing that we're enabling, we're able to differentiate, you know, what is just crime where the computer just happened to be the tool versus what is a technical aspect. And, oh, by the way, we're doing it cross-sector, so we're doing it with the retail, the finance, manufacturing utilities, and then Man. we're doing it with different government entities, different law enforcement. We're doing it national, international. Again, we're located in New York, L.A., so we've got all these other folks that are seeing things that um, maybe it's kind of... I don't want to say geographically specific, but more, um, you know, to, to, to like a niche market, like, you know, whether it's a commodity that's being uh, counterfeited in New York right. or whether it's, you know, financial nexus or maybe it's the entertainment industry, which might be focused in L.A. Maybe it's international. We do have a lot of international partners. Um, so we're touching a lot of things that are just both techy and what I'll call traditional cyber-enabled crimes. I mean, I hate to say it, but that sounds like you'd have a lot of fun checking this stuff out, but at the same time being really freaked out. And at the end of the day, really, you're the first line to actually see some of these, 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 these breaches and these attacks, and you keep us safe by wow. being able to solve these things and then recognize them as you see more attempts kind well, of happening. Funny you said, because again, that's, and, and that's the power, is when you have all of these entities coming together, and, and they're all trying to solve the same problem. If there's one thing we do very well is that by kind of combining forces, we're able to come up with the mitigation, the best practices. And, and, and okay, while this company is kind of the victim, I mean, somebody's got to be, you know, patient X, exactly patient right. zero. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got that. Now we can go out and prevent, you know, other folks from being a victim. Um, at the same time, we're working with law enforcement because, and, I, and I've said this before and I'll continue to say it, we can all pretend like it's a fantasy uh, you know, person out there doing this, but the reality is, is it is simply somebody on a keyboard doing something bad. Exactly. Whether they're sitting in a coffee shop, you know, in West Africa, whether it's some, you know, fantastic software developer in Russia, you know, whether it's uh, you know some kind of criminal group out of out of China, whether it's the North Koreans targeting, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. There are people You're making on, me scared now, Steve. And you should be, my friend. I'm you freaked out. We're just going to keep plugging everything in, and it's going to get all better, right? Um, but again, we're, 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 we're trying to tell people, look, it's, it's a body on a keyboard at the end of the day. And if you help law enforcement, you know, neutralize that body on the keyboard, that's really what's going to stop the badness. Because, you know, again, and, and I kind of jokingly said it, we are plugging every possible thing we, we can. In, and, and what we're doing is we're creating a bigger target space for bad guys to go after. And, and since we're connected all over the world... You know, there, there are countries that simply just don't want to cooperate with us. So exactly. these bad guys can operate with impunity, and they can keep targeting. And they're like, hey, you want to plug in your egg, you know, your egg carton so you can determine whether you need eggs or, you know what, um, you know, you want, to, you want to remotely control whether your, you know, your air conditioner is on from your smartphone? Perfect. You want to unlock your, you know, your, your house from your smartphone? Perfect. Because we've got zero days, and we can get onto your smartphone, and um, we'll have a little fun with you. So, you know, <laughs> we do it to ourselves at we, the end of yeah, the day. I guess, yeah, because all these conveniences are creating vulnerabilities. I mean, God forbid we have to actually go to the store to buy eggs and milk. Now we can I just unlock go my own doors and <laughs> call me crazy. <laughs> buy my I own actually, eggs. I still have the audacity to look at the egg cart and say, wow, I need, an, I need eggs, versus yeah. waiting for something to tell me, time to buy eggs. Time to buy eggs. <laughs> 
like, right? come on, really? <laughs> Just reminding our listeners, we're talking to Steve Mancini of the NCFTA, right upstairs from us here at the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And I tell you what, I mean, I see the law enforcement folks here. I see folks coming to you guys because you're there to help them. And it just actually amazes me. I think we're so lucky to have you guys as a center here in Pittsburgh, really at the center of all these crazy threats that are happening out there. So I'm just wondering if we can maybe just run through a couple examples or some ideas just to get our listeners a little more to know as a, as a, as a common person out there, you know, who's a little computer savvy, you know, they use their email. Maybe they have, they unlock their doors with their smartphone. What, what kind of threats are out there right now that, that are the most common ones? That, that people should really just be aware of right sure. now. So, I, I, again, this kind of comes back to the, is it technical versus non-technical, mm-hmm. meaning cyber-enabled. Right. From a business, and, I, and I'll just give you one kind of example with, with a cyber-enabled piece. Okay. So, good old-fashioned, it's called business email compromise. And I think a lot of folks are, are, are starting to get a, aware of this. So, no matter what size, say, company you are, whether you're a small company, a large company, it doesn't matter. Right. You're a target. Why? Because you have an email system. You have an email system, and a lot of times you're probably not walking down to the bank to make a payment you're probably doing things you know right. online you know you're doing wire to wire transfers you're doing you know account transfers whatever so bad guys say okay that's the process so how do they make a payment well you know John um, is in charge of our finances and he makes the payments and he sends them to these accounts so all I need to do is convince John to, instead of sending it to account a to send it to account B so BEC is is more about a cyber enabled piece of sending an email to a company and saying hey I want you to wire you know twelve thousand dollars to uh, this new um, you know account that we've set up and, and got it and so he, he does it and you say, well, that's that's crazy. You tell me that you know people will actually wire money without verifying it. You know, all the time. Months. Sure. Uh, I think since 2013, I think we're up to about five billion dollars in reported losses. Wow. So it, again, how does something like that get solved? Well, it's simple. Anytime you know you're being told to wire money through email, maybe you pick the phone up and you verify the transaction. <laughs> or when go a little old says, school, right? right? <laughs> Call me crazy. Um, but or, or maybe if someone says, hey, we're changing our payment information. Okay. Call me. Let's confirm these things. And if you do these simple tasks, that goes away. It makes it a lot harder for right. you to be hacked as now, far as that. Now, on right. a technical side, mm-hmm. on a technical side, it's a lot of the same. It, you know, nothing's changed. Zero days are, are written. Maybe known vulnerabilities. And everyone wants to pick on Equif- Equifax. I'll jump in line to pick on Equifax. Yeah. You know, you me had too. To, right. I mean, hey, it's my, it's our data that's compromised. And the reality is, is it's compromised forever. Your data is out there. 143 million records are compromised. Frightening. And, you know, don't worry. You get your one free year of credit monitoring. Oh yeah, I'll keep because, you safe. Right. For, right. Well, I'm a credit monitor. Not a, <laughs> but, but again, exactly. But throw that out. I'm sure your social security number is going to expire after a year. Again. It will. Yes. Right. So, but but there's a good example of a tech piece. All they had to do was something as simple as patching. So what you're finding is, is a lot of the, these bad things that are happening, they're not, not anything new. You know, a business email compromise email comes in and says, do something. Okay, our process might be as simple as, you know, verify our payments. Or, you know what, call us crazy, but we're going to patch, especially the front door that people can get in. You know, or when I get emails, I'm not going to just click on things. I'm going to actually say, hey, did you really send this? Exactly. So it's common sense approaches. And I think if people would just incorporate that and, and actually exercise that, a lot of this would go away. This is why I'm so excited that we're going to have more of this coming. I think these are very practical things that will keep people safe and in the know. So remind everybody, just keep checking back to uh, pghtech.org or pghtechfuse.com and also go to ncfta.net as well too because they got great stuff on their site all the time. We want to keep you in the know and keep you safe. I'm so happy to be hanging out with guys like uh, Steve Mancini here from the NCFTA.
Simple as that. So, hey, thanks, thanks for hanging out with us. I look forward to doing more of this with you Thank in you. the near future wait. here. Good, good stuff. Thanks, Ken. We're taking a break. We're coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsten from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and then follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Alrighty, nothing better than a Friday night where we get to talk to the best people in Pittsburgh, Audrey. Seriously, Pittsburgh is just so full of the greatest people. So many stories to tell. So many stories to tell. People working at all different levels. And I don't know, when it comes to what we're going to talk about now, really near and dear to my heart, I know your heart as well too, Audrey, when it comes to really getting kids engaged, getting them the right skills, getting them fired up about lifelong learning, about looking at tech as a place to work and all apply themselves. All the things themselves, you did not have. All the things I did not have, which is why I'm hosting a radio show on a Friday night talking about the people that do. So right. I'm making up for lost time. That's all I can say. He has no technical skills. <laughs> Zero. So let's see who we have in the house right now. Absolutely. We have... Terry Suica-Reed, President and CEO of Phase 4 Learning Center. And I'm Aaron McKinnon. I'm the coordinator of the Best Buy Teen Tech Center. Oh, okay. So we have a collision of the minds here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yes. He's something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the mission, what you do, how you work start together. With, start with Phase 4 about what, give our listeners a little bit of what you guys do, and we'll talk about how you linked up with Best Buy and all. Yeah, sure. It's been a heck of a uh, one heck of a journey. Yeah, but, uh, I founded Phase Four fifteen years ago, and we started with one program working with at risk youth. Right. And six students, one school district, and throughout the fifteen years, we have grown and expanded our mission from working with uh, one population to various populations to help them with their educational needs, their behavioral, future planning, career needs. So we really work with those individuals and families who are disengaged, um, I would say disengaged, disadvantaged, um, don't always all have all the opportunity as many others do as well. But we've also expanded the mission to work with the changes that's happening in Pittsburgh for the careers and especially the technology changes that have have occurred. So we're working a lot with employers, um, training, career exploration, connecting adults, kids to various careers. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's where the Best Buy Teen Tech Center comes in. Um, Best Buy Teen Tech Center is an after-school program that focuses on multimedia technology, everything from music production, video production, web design graphics, the full maker space. We do Raspberry Pi. You're talking about all design. the fun stuff. Let's go. All, all, exactly. I'm in. All the fun Let's stuff go. that Let's go. we didn't have, right? So where is this this, uh, this learning center? Okay. It's located 5850 Center Avenue, right yeah. next to Whole Food. Okay. And the ever-changing East Liberty. Right. right. And ever-changing East Liberty. Exactly. Oh, my um, goodness. You can walk down the street, and you can see big windows of everything that's going on. You can look right in. You need the people to see that so they can be like, I want to be a yeah, part of this. Yeah, you got 3D printers in the yeah. windows running to stop in. That's great. So what's it like there after school? Like, what's what, it like? Yeah. So tell me if I was a young person and I came in, what could I expect? Okay, so when you first walk into the Teen Tech Center, after you're just amazed by, right, the best exactly. white colors right. <laughs> and everything that's going on, you're going to find an environment that's inclusive and diverse for everybody. Right, we have adult mentors that work with youth um, on projects of their choosing, okay. as well as uh, there's some group activities that's going on. So, a youth never has a, a a bad day. I mean, even if you come in and you just want to sit and talk about what's going on in school and your life, right. that's available. If you want to learn a new project, we have spark cards that 
that we can uh, pull out that you can learn something different that you never tried before. Nice. You um, can actually just kind of like never it. have a bad day. Never have a bad Love day. Love it, man. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. That's our goal. That's our goal. We want to make this the best part of every child's day or every individual's day who comes to yeah. phase four of the Teen Tech Center. So how long Absolutely. has the Tech Center been there? And then how did you guys link up and, and, and come together on this? Um, well, actually, the Teen Tech Center just opened. We just did a grand opening right. in, in April. Okay. Right, and I remember that. Yeah, you folks were pretty uh, involved with that. And it, it actually came from our 13-year partnership with the Clubhouse Network, which is based out of Boston. So we ran the Computer Clubhouse, which is one of um, 100 clubhouses in the world. Gotcha. And we would connect kids through technology through at 20 other countries. And in, I believe it was 2015, Aaron, we hosted the International Clubhouse. 2016, we had the conference 16, here. 2016, okay, um, wow. Yeah, International Conference, 20 different countries represented. All of them had a little terrible towels raving in the, uh, yeah. the yeah. conference. Yeah. Nice. We, yeah. we made steal our fans out of every yeah. everybody who That's was here. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it really does speak to the uh, international community that we are involved in, um, that our kids here in Pittsburgh get a chance to reach out and do collaborative projects with other clubhouses from Denmark to... Oh, really? From around... So they're collaborating and the world. What's the mechanism for them to communicate? Okay, so... Well, one, the clubhouse was founded at the Museum of Science, uh, Boston, um, MIT Media Lab, right? Mm -hmm. So there's right. A, there's an internal uh, website that we have called the Clubhouse Village where kids get to interact with each other. Okay. Right? Um, every other year, there's a teen summit. This is our year for Teen Summit, too. So okay. we take about three kids to Boston... Every clubhouse and teen tech center does. So it'll be about 300 kids working on different technology tracks all week long, staying at Boston University on the college dorms, right? So they get a chance to work on things that affect their communities, like uh, financial literacy or food deserts or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And they use different means of technology to tell that story. Mm -hmm. And so how long have stuff. you been yeah. working at this? Oh, I've been with the, uh, <laughs> well, I've been with the Clubhouse Network. Aaron's a lifer. Yeah. 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 He's with his lifer. Yeah, he's a lifer. Yeah, a lifer. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, 13, 14, something years. Wow. I had hair then, so. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, and less of a beard. No beard. In the yeah. It's just shifted a little bit. So why do you think this matters, this work matters? Oh, this, oh, this work's imperative. I mean. Imperative? It's imperative. I mean, the technological fluency is, is, is a necessity right now. And mm -hmm. you got to understand is kids are using technology in neat ways. Mm -hmm. Kids are using technology. So you want to be the spot where they can come and learn even more what they're doing. And I always say, I'm going to teach you what you like to do for fun and show you how to make funds from it. Right? Because it, that's, because Ooh, that's, where, like that. that's where it's going anyway. That's right? what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, so every day is a special day in many ways. Every day is a special day. And where yeah. do these kids come from? Like um, any, all over the city? Kid, kids come from all over the city. All different neighborhoods. All 90 neighborhoods. All 90 neighborhoods. All 90 Absolutely. neighborhoods. And yes. how do people get the word out about what you're doing? Uh -uh. Other than being on our radio show. Yeah. Oh, is there a we website? Where can meeting. we go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we do have a website. It's mm -hmm. uh, Kid was working on it, actually. Um, it's a Wix website. So it's yeah. www.phase4lc.wixsite.com mm -hmm. backslash Best Buy Teen Tech. Right? That's a lot. A little long. Mm -hmm. That's right. But... Uh, all the ingredients are in there for you. Remember. Exactly. No, if you Google any part of that, and you're going you to Google it, hit absolutely. On it. So, any that. adults come and hang out? Yeah, we definitely. I, I believe in having parental involvement, right? So there are definitely some moms that come in. I don't believe in 
five mile an hour parents. You know, you slow the car five miles and kick them out and keep going. No, <laughs> that's I, what I, I did. I invite <laughs> that's everybody what I did. in. No, you need a break. Yeah, well, that is true. You need a break. That, that is true. But I also like the whole feel of a community working. I do too. Right. Because I do. And never... then you get to meet other kids so you can just ignore your kid. Right. And then hang out with other kids. Right. <laughs> and you never know what somebody brings to the table. Either, right. right. That's what I'm saying. Never I bring, you know, other kids like me better than my own. <laughs> so that's hard to believe. No, it, is. it is not. But uh, no, I'm saying that it's also parenting doesn't mean just your own. Right. Oh, oh um, I, that's I, what I meant. I totally believe no. that. That's so, totally so right. Now that it's the summertime. The kids are out of school. They really need stuff to do. Oh, so right. are you really now ramping up now that it's summertime? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's kids knocking down the door. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, full force. I was going to say, you're, you're like going 24-7 there. Yeah, yeah, it's already going. Um, So, I mean, in addition to participating with the Learn and Learn program, we're going to have um, students there working on some other stuff. Um, There's workshops available from music production, video production. Um, There's a Raspberry Pi workshop that we got going on. Um, we also got a digital skills program. We also have a digital skills program um, where kids can get out their Google IT certification. And um, so, so this is going on full day in the summer. Um, I'm down there from nine ten to seven. Oh my god, seven eight that in is, the evening. That's a right? full day, yeah. all day. And so people well, can just drop in. Yeah, it's a it's it's a drop in program. You can come in um, at your leisure. I I love the space. That's why I'm always down there. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's obviously that's where you live then. Yeah, that's right. pretty much where I live. At. So Aaron, you're you're definitely a geek at heart then. Like what what got you interested in this type of work? Right. Uh, obviously you had a passion for technology and you got a passion for kids, right? Star Trek, Jordy LaForge. Oh, okay. I'm not even gonna lie. I was a big Star Trek guy, <laughs> next generation, it. Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um that's what I grew up on, that's what I watched, and I was always amazed by it and it just kinda just jumped off from there. So yeah, I am a I always say I'm bringing the swag back to STEM, right? Love it, because man. Bringing the swag, swag yeah. back to STEM. STEM right? I like that. Yeah, because I'm a geek at heart, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's cool. No, it's very nothing wrong, cool. wrong There's nothing wrong with being cool. creative, nothing wrong with learning, and exactly. um, wanting to do more. We need to get you guys engaged with the Create Festival next year. Oh, yeah. Because that would be yeah. a great format, I think, for just right. to showcase the talent of some of the, the students and the kids that have been through Oh, yeah, the program. kids would love it. Yeah. Absolutely. They could say, hey, I was at the best buy mm-hmm. place developing this. Right. And yeah, they could absolutely. show it off at Create or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, that would be so Good much thinking. fun. So I'm just, I don't know. This is why I think it's so much fun to have folks like you stop by the show talk about right. these cool intersections. Yeah. This is where good things tend to happen. So. Yeah, <laughs> great that sure is. Yeah, we, and you're changing kids one kid at a time in the sense of a yeah, community. Definitely yeah. are. One kid at a time. Because you said, like well, because you said mm-hmm. you want every child to have a great day. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's so that's what resonated Absolutely. with me. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. So we got a couple minutes left. Yeah. So anything the people need to know, if they want to participate, obviously, you can, you can drop in almost any time of their, their hours. Like, what are, what are the parameters for people to engage with this? Right. They can drop in. They can um, phone us. They can make it, uh, if they want a personal appointment to come okay. in and sit and talk and learn more about the clubhouse and the teen tech center absolutely we can accommodate anyone's individual needs we can take groups also we've okay. had school districts right. calling to do tours of the of the site because we have a, a full recording studio and editing studio there oh, as well too much so fun too much it. fun oh my there's a it's this endless opportunities for this technologically changing region we need to do a tech vibe radio from the from your studio that would be awesome wow that would be that would be let's make that happen and then i could bring that out the mevo and then we could have it like yeah. live 
And that'll be awesome too. Let's do it, man. Yeah. And we'll oh make it happen. Gosh. We'll make it happen. And then Definitely I can sing up. my three and then notes. You can sing the three notes. Exactly. And I can come in with the chorus. So cool. I'm so yeah. glad you guys stopped by. Fool them today. What can you I say? Really are. I'm so proud of you, Jonathan. <laughs> I, try Thanks, Jonathan. I try my best. I try my best. Thanks, Audrey. Yeah. No, thank you guys for the work that you're doing. Oh, you're no, the ones making the difference here. We're just trying to promote it. So we're just riding your coaches. Exactly, man. Exactly. Anyhow. That's good. Thanks for hanging Thank out you. with us. Yeah. Thanks, Thank for our, thanks for our listeners for tuning in and getting these great stories Thank every Friday you, night with Tech Vibe. Yeah, I'd like to best. thank you this afternoon. Well, you're <laughs> welcome, Audrey. Night. You're welcome. <laughs> Too much fun. And you know, every Friday night we try to have this much fun on Tech Vibe oh, Radio. It is. We it's swear. Great. We yeah. swear. And I remind our listeners to keep tuning in because we're trying to tell these great stories of what's really making Pittsburgh the city that it is today. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So learn more about the Tech Council. We're going to pghtech.org. 35 years we've been trying to make this stuff happen. Whittling away at it. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Have a great weekend, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.